welcome to Tea, Toast, and Trivia. I am your host, Rebecca Budd, and I am looking forward to sharing this moment with you. My father loved cars. When I was a child, our family outings were to car dealerships and car expositions. With this in mind, you can imagine my excitement when Tim Price from Off Center and Not Even Blog introduced me to Carrie Hubbard from the YouTube channel, Carrie's Garage. I'm excited to tell you that Carrie has joined me for a discussion about cars, trucks, cars, and more cars. This is going to be a great discussion. So put the kettle on and stop by and add to the conversation. Welcome, Carrie. Thanks for joining me on Tea, Toast, and Trivia. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to it. Go ahead and pour myself another cup of tea. It's called Earl a la creme. It's like an Earl Grey, but it's a little bit more kind of creamy tasting. Oh, it's amazing. You've got a lot of interest in what you're doing. You have, as you said, cars from all over the world. And you have this incredible energy in your videos. Thank you. That's very nice to hear. I really appreciate that. You can imagine how excited I was, Carrie, when I heard that you would be able to tell me all about the cars that have come through the ages and all the years and the unique stories. It is something that is very important to me because it reminds me of my childhood and all the fun that I had because my father was so involved with cars and now my brothers are involved with cars. Your YouTube channel, Carrie's Garage, is dedicated to your love of vehicles, cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Yeah, it's actually, let's say the sixth. I'm a year and three days into my YouTube channel. Yeah, I started January 3rd of last year. I'm glad, you know, people are enjoying it, which is pretty much why I did it. I was like, I enjoy it. I guess I'll share my enjoyment with other people that like to watch it and slowly growing. And I'm getting a lot of great comments and, you know, just finding a car and bringing it back to life because I love doing it. When was your first experience with cars and how did that influence your view of cars? Kind of a funny story that my mom really loves to tell people. Essentially, when I was born, everyone told my mom that you really need to read to the baby. So she did. She read me car books and cookbooks. And when I was a very little kid, I remember I had a book called Cars of the Fabulous 50s. And I read it so much, I actually destroyed the binding. And it was just pages falling apart. And my mom would tell me stories of her muscle car in high school and friends' cars. I could identify you know, a Chevy small block or a Ford small block at a traffic light. And I'd be like, I think that's a Camaro. And I'm like two or three years old. And so that started to build my love of cars. And my grandparents also had a Japanese car care. My grandfather was a mechanic from the 1950s. And he opened up his own business in the late 70s. And it was around cars from there, around cars from my mom hearing about stuff. And it was always so fascinating to me. And my mom had a couple of vehicles, nothing special when I was growing up, but I always really loved them. And, you know, she had some friends, you know, with like an old Beetle or, you know, an old muscle car, a lot of old trucks and toy cars. I had so many little die cast toy cars when I was a kid. And then anything I had that was mechanical, any toy I would take apart. 
Lo and behold, I'd end up becoming a mechanic years later. What was your first car? My first car was a 1969 Ford Mustang. It was black, mostly rusty. It was $100. My friend in high school when I was a freshman, her bus driver's son had it. They were like, we're just going to get rid of it. So I paid $100 for it. It was V8. It really didn't have any floors. It was really fun because I lived on some property out more in the country in Albuquerque. And I would take things apart and put it back together and be like, oh, it doesn't work. And then I would figure out why it didn't work. And then I would just drive it in circles on the property. And then this actually really upset my mom. I saved my lunch money for six months. I sold the Mustang and I bought a 1963 Volkswagen bus. That was actually my third vehicle. My first quote unquote official car that I got that I drove all throughout high school was a 1971 Volkswagen camper van. My love really started out at the very beginning with European cars, Volkswagens, German cars. It was actually kind of accidental. My mom made a joke about an old bus that a client of hers had. And I was like, that's cool. And she's like, no, no, it's not. Those things are terrible. And I was like, Volkswagen bus, I need it. Got my grandfather to loan me $1,000 and I bought the VW bus and it wasn't great. It had reliability issues and it kind of became one of those things that if I wanted to go to school, I had to learn how to work on it. So I started learning all kinds of stuff. That kind of what kicked off everything, working on cars and being so in love with old cars. To me, the more obscure, complicated, and unique it is, the better it is. Carrie, did you specialize in certain car makes? I did specialize in certain cars, mostly specialty and exotic cars. I've worked on Rolls-Royce Bentleys. That's what I really enjoy. I've worked on Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Porsches. Mostly my specialty was European, German, French, English. I owned my own business for eight years working on cars, and then I did it for independent for a while. I was a mechanic for about 12 years when I decided that I needed it to be only a hobby, just my passion. And so I hung up my wrenches. And that's why I say I don't work on other people's cars, except for the very rare exception. And I really only do it for fun. Why do we love cars? What is it about cars that bring us to that moment where we want to have one for ourselves? That's actually a really interesting question. And is a multi-part question because there are people who like cars merely for the fact that it is an appliance that you can get in and go from point A to point B. There are other people like myself that find cars to be such a fascinating piece of mechanical engineering. My 2019 Volkswagen, 1920s car, maybe even going back to the first internal combustion car ever made in 1886, which was basically kind of a horse buggy and had a little engine on it. And it was ability for a person to get into something that would move and they could go somewhere else without having to walk or ride a horse. That's actually why I love cars so much is because of the history of it and the development of it. All the different things that have come upon it that mankind can get in this tin metal thing with wheels on it and go somewhere, go on explorations. I've been driving for a little over 20 years now, and I've probably done over a million miles in the United States because I used to just get my car and point it somewhere and go. I would just go and see things, drive roads that you probably shouldn't have driven. And it's that feeling of freedom and ability to go places that I think really makes people love cars so much. And also some of them just look really neat. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about the cars in your yard. I think I counted it's like six, seven different countries. My problem is I'll see a car and 
it's like seeing a sad little puppy and I feel bad for it. I have to rescue it. I have a 1967 Citroen 2CB. I was just so enamored by how different they were and how unique everything was. It's actually, I found out a very rare car, especially in this country. And I bought it from a lady who was going to have it sent off to the crusher. And she was like, the guy said that he would give me $400 and he'll just haul it away. I was like, I'll give you $400 right now to not haul it away. And then I'll pick it up and take it home. So I did. And a lot of the cars I have are kind of the same story. I'm kind of bad for that point because I've got 21 cars sitting on the property and I'm like, I'll fix it up someday. I do actually spend time and focus on certain projects. And I will sometimes come to the realization that I'm probably never going to get to this car or this car is not going to be a feasible project. And then I'll sell it on to another enthusiast. I've owned 167 cars in 20 years. And quite a few of them have been cars that I did not want to see destroyed because I saw potential in either it being able to save other cars or somebody would really love it. And I have passed on and sold cars to other people who have restored them, who have brought them back to life, who have made experiences and stories with their friends and family because of that one car. And that's pretty much why I do it, because I just love to save these things. And it's the history of that particular car that made like the car that I bought from Tristan and Tim that Tim's grandmother bought brand new. I fell in love with that car 16 years ago, and now I own it. That's pretty much how my collection happens. I also get random phone calls from people being like, hey, I found a car for you. And I'm like, no, no, no. And I buy it anyways. (laughs) (laughs) How do you choose the cars to restore? Sometimes they choose me and sometimes I seek them out because of the unique rarity of the car. Sometimes friends give them to me because their dad passed away and, you know, they have a car in their garage. A lot of other times it's because they're so weird, rare, unique, bizarre that I just have to have them. But for the most part, for me, I do revivals or resurrections. I'll bring cars that have been sitting for 50, 60 plus years and I'll make them run. I'll make them drive. And, you know, they might not look the prettiest. The interiors might be not that great, but you can get in and enjoy it. And I end up choosing those because of the oddity factor. Besides my Chevy and GMC and maybe my Lincoln, which is actually kind of weird. Most all the cars I have are really bizarre and odd. And that's because I just enjoy it. I, I just enjoy taking one of these cars to a car show. Most people will just stop and be like, well, that's weird. And then I have really interesting conversations with them. But that's pretty much how I choose what I'm going to work on is by what I can find and how weird it is. And usually for me, there's no such thing as too weird. The weirder, the better usually is how it works best. In one of your YouTubes, you identified a car for someone else. And he had been looking for it for 18 years. I've actually done that a bunch of times for people. And one of the best cases of that was... Back in the 50s, Vespa actually had a contract with a French company and they made a little teeny car and they're fairly rare. And a good friend of mine many, many years ago said, my dream is to own a Vespa 400, but they're so rare, I'll never find one. And I was like, okay. Six months later, I called him and I was like, hey, you want a Vespa 400? I found one, it's local in town. You want to come see it? And he was like, how's that possible? And I'm like, it's right over there. He ended up buying it. (laughs) We've talked about cars, but what about trucks? Now, trucks are different. They have a unique characteristic. The truck is that difference between enjoyable, but it's also utility. And 
you can race mud your pickup, or you can start your own business or move your entire house. Trucks have a unique personality separate from cars, don't they? Trucks are the building bone of this country. For me, a truck is one of the most important tools I have in my collection. I've got a garage with toolbox, you know, with all these tools and everything. But my truck is one of the most important things I have because I can pick up parts with it, move my house with it, have a really nice trailer and I hook it up to my truck. Anytime I need to do any work, it's in a truck. You get in a truck and you can do so much with it. And also if you've got a truck, you know, maybe it's built a little bit, it's four wheel drive diesel. And I have this really amazing Suburban that I bought up in the Seattle area years ago. You get off the pavement, go up into the mountains, go explore. I like to go take pictures with old film photography and go deep into the boonies with your four-wheel drive truck. Trucks are such a unique and different aspect of a vehicle. You know, it's not just point A to point B. It'll get you from point A to point Z and do everything in between. That's a very important thing, especially for people I know in industries, you know, plumbers and mechanical contractors. I have four trucks. They're amazing. <laughs> of course you do. Well, this is the whole idea of older cars and older trucks. Where do you get the parts? That can be really difficult. And this is why a lot of people go with stuff that's a bit more on the conventional side. I've got a couple of Chevys, a GMC. You know, you can go buy parts anywhere for it. But some of my French cars or my international, some of the really obscure stuff, Sometimes you got to scour the globe to find parts. And sometimes you cross your fingers and hope that you can call some guy out here that has a good friend who's been dealing with a junkyard for 60 years and has parts sitting there. There's been times I've hunted and looked for parts for years. There was a part I was looking for. It took me five years to find. Kind of one of those things that I asked a friend who asked a friend who knew this guy who knew this other guy. And it took a handwritten letter and an older gentleman who'd never used the internet. Yeah, I've got one that's sitting on my shelf. Sometimes it can take a lot of time and perseverance to find stuff, but I actually think that's kind of half the fun. It's a treasure hunt, isn't it? It really is. Sometimes getting the car is a treasure hunt, and then sometimes getting the parts for the car is even bigger treasure hunt. I find that some cars have a personality. and In fact, every car that we've had, I've always given it a name because there is something about cars that say it's personal. I've actually kind of communicate with my cars on a mechanical standpoint with some of my old cars. All of my cars have a name. They all have their own personality. You know, some of them are like, oh dear, I didn't start this car in five days. She's going to be obnoxious and not want to cooperate. I've had a couple of cars actually in my past, like I said, I've had a very spiritual connection with. I drive it like I'd become one with a car. I have genuinely had that experience with several cars. And the other thing too is the community. That is the biggest thing about classic cars. I have been part of such a very tight-knit community of people, especially with the French cars, that some of the people that I've met throughout the years in that world, they're more like my family. Gone to holidays, Thanksgiving, birthdays. I talk to you know these people on a frequent basis because they are so close and we're such a tight-knit community of our love and passion for European and French cars that we're really just a family. There's a common ground of liking these amazing, unique machines. On January 2nd, I tuned into Carrie's Garage YouTube channel for the first episode of Project Z Car Revival. 
Carrie picked up a 1980 Datsun 280ZX that he is going to get back on the road. So Carrie, I am very excited about the Project Z car revival. Could you tell us a little bit about it? Tristan is a very dear friend of mine. We go back a long time with this car, almost 18 years when she bought the car originally, when actually we were dating in high school. And I picked it up with a trailer I borrowed and we're teenagers with her dad's truck. It was sitting in someone's driveway. We brought it to her place where her parents are. I think she paid $100, $150 for it or something. And we got it running. It was such a cool car. And then over the years, you know, she did a bunch of stuff to it and started restoring it, got the engine rebuilt. And then there was a mishap with something and the starter caught on fire. I know she had planned on fixing it, but you know, sometimes life gets in the way and all of a sudden, one, two, five, six years kind of go by. So she reached out to me and said, would you mind helping me getting the Z car running again? I told her, yes, I will help you with that. So I went and picked it up with my trailer and I'm going to go through the paces of making sure everything is good in the engine, getting everything lubricated, going through the fuel system and just getting it running and driving and make it a good running car for her. I'm going to drive it a bit too before I get it back. Relive those memories of driving the old Zed car as a teenager because I've always loved the car. It's such a fun, great car. I'm really looking forward to bringing the old girl back to life and handing it back to Tristan so she could enjoy it again. And I'm going to reach out to Tristan because I would love to have the two of you on Tea Toast and Trivia and talking about a fabulous car. Oh, absolutely. I really look forward to coming back on and we'll go ahead and get Tristan, the owner of the Z car, and we'll talk about the project in depth. And I probably say by the time she could get onto doing the show, she'll probably be driving it. Actually, kind of a funny, quick little backstory. I grew up in Nissan Z car. I was raised and I learned how to drive in a Nissan. It was actually a Nissan slash Datsun at that point. They were in the middle of a name transition. My grandmother bought a brand new 1984 300ZX, the next body style with a turbo. And it was a two-seater. You could get the two plus two, but she only had a two-seater. And she used to strap my baby seat in the back on the little luggage bar thing. And she would accelerate and my baby seat would flip over. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard so many people's stories of old Datsun Nissan Z cars. It really is quite amazing and it's, it's really neat. Carrie, I have had so much fun talking with you today, and I am delighted that you will be coming back and sharing more of the car histories, the car stories. There is so much to talk about and to remember. And thank you so much for sharing your exciting news about the Project Z Car Revival. Listeners, stay tuned for more. Fantastic. You guys take care. We'll be in touch. Thank you for joining Carrie and me on Tea, Toast, and Trivia. And a very special thank you, Carrie, for sharing how you became involved with cars and the stories that are attached to each car that came into your life. Listeners, I invite you to meet up with Carrie. He has cars from all corners of the globe. You are only an internet click away from being on an extraordinary road adventure on his YouTube channel, K 
Carrie's Garage. And until next time we meet, dear friends, keep safe and be well.